the get-go that whatever it is I would want to end up doing with geospatial or the technology or within the industry wasn't something that was going to be core technical in terms of analysis and stuff. It was something that was going to have a creative edge to it. So the idea behind Geoluminous is to find a way to represent the industry creatively in essence. So it would range from a, it would range from a variety of things, but at the moment, what we're doing is we're kind of trying to use maps to send that messaging out. Welcome to another episode of the Africa Geoconvo podcast, a podcast about geospatial innovations and people doing great things with geospatial technology in Africa. Our guest on the show today is Esther Oyekachi Ogbu. She is the Deputy Director of Strategy and Business Development Expert at Sambos Geospatial and the Chief Visionary Officer of Geoluminos. She will share with us a background in the GIS and creative industry, how she discovered her passion for cartography and, uh, and our interest in the creative industry led to the start of Geoluminos and a non-profit initiative, the GIS Girl, together with her co-founder, Omo Wanola Akintola. But before I get started, I would like to say a huge thank you to the sponsor of this episode, the Humanitarian OpenStreetMap Team, HLT. Art is a non-profit organization dedicated to humanitarian response and community development through open mapping. Art works together with communities and organizations to provide map data, which revolutionizes data management, reduces risks, and contributes to the achievements of the sustainable development goals. So if you have been looking for how to volunteer for exciting high-impact local and global projects, you know, how to contribute to OpenStreetMap, participate in mapathons, access grants and micro-grants, jobs and internship opportunities, and ultimately contribute to the resiliency of your community and the SDGs. Please do check out hotosm.org to get started. Also, Otter has been on the podcast before in episode two, Mapping Our World, Saving Lives. Please do look up the archive to listen to the episode to learn more about Ot. I would also make sure to drop the links in the show notes to make it easier for you to find. All right. Let's get into the interview. Esther, welcome to the podcast. So you are the chief visionary officer of a company called Geoluminous, and you have got an amazingly rich background in the creative and GIS industry. And now you're building a geospatial company, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. But I think before we get there, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience and um, perhaps explain to us how you found yourself in the geospatial industry? Hi, Manuel. Thanks for having me on Africa Geoconvo. I'm excited to be here. Usually when I'm asked to introduce myself, I I always don't know what to say because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm usually not sure what angle to portray, but um, I guess over the years, I've kind of found a way to refine it. So uh, I'd say I'm a business development and uh, project management professional that's currently working in the geospatial industry with um, a knack for digital transformation and location intelligence. As to how I got into the geospatial industry, I have an academic background in surveying and geoinformatics, which I studied at my higher national diploma level. And I also have a bachelor's degree in environmental science and resource management. At the moment, in my day job, I typically oversee sales, business development, strategy for um for samples geospatial a private um a private geospatial consultancy in west africa well like you said um building geoluminous on the site outside of that i think i'm involved in a number of communities some are geospatial related some are not but uh, most of them are focused on women 
and um, how to empower them to be their best selves. And uh, we share experiences for others to learn. Okay, to dive a bit more into my background in geospatial, in 2012 was when I was studying my national diploma in Nigeria. Like I mentioned earlier, I, was, I studied surveying and geoinformatics. And uh, off the bat, I knew that surveying was not for me because it was too manual, it was too rigorous, it was too stressful. When I had my first photogrammetry and remote sensing class, I was really excited because the idea of being able to get measurements for um, analysis for, from remotely sensed images, right? I thought it was really, really cool. It was really thrilling at the time. But then because of, of course, we're in Nigeria, there's not as much resources. So as much as I was excited about that, it seemed very far reaching. Like it's something you learn about theoretically, right? But it's not something you can exactly do. So fast forward to 2013, 2014, I had my first cartography class and I was blown away. Like I was, I was blown away. I think that was when I made, I think I actually made the decision to say that, you know what, this is it. All the surveying I've learned for the past two, three years, just go out the window. There's no way I'm doing land surveying. This was something I wanted to stick with. So I was fascinated by the possibilities that GIS technology could do, the interesting impacts it could have globally, right? So imagine me at the time, back in 2013, 2014 a 20-year-old girl with the small knowledge I had gathered or I thought I had gathered at the time. And I'm like, this I found is what is going to help me change the world. When I left school in 2016, there were not a lot of job opportunities for people like us out there, right? So I was done with school. I had a surveying and informatics degree. I was running a bachelor's degree at the same time in environmental science, but I couldn't find a job that I liked. At the time, I started to work with a corporate events agency, which is kind of like where I found my love for project management. And I got into the world of project management. And I did that for about, for about three years until 2018, I think, when I realized that I still wanted to go back to GIS. I still wanted to go back to geospatial, right? Throughout these three years, though, I kept doing short courses, um, short GIS courses on Coursera. I think I remember then I applied some form of GIS to my bachelor's degree final thesis. While I was working in project management, I kind of tried to keep up with the GIS, the trends and everything just by the side because I was still really, really fascinated by it. So it was actually in 2019, I made the decision to pivot back full time into the geospatial industry. And I think since then, it's, it's been a growing journey from there. Seriously, extra, you have uh, an amazing background. And, but I'm curious, what was it like being a PM, especially being a PM in the geospatial industry? Because like, I remember you said you currently working with Sambas Geospatial, right? Currently, what I do with Sambas uh, is more sales, business development, and strategy focused, right? So um, strategy in the sense that I work with the leadership and management to be able to form where the company or what direction the company should go into what we want to do, how we want to get the team to be able to achieve those things, where we, where we see the vision taking us generally. Then um, I also work with the business development and sales team to execute their objectives, to help the company bring in more business, to help execute more solutions out there for both private and government organizations. The project management part of things is more so 
if you come into any aspect of product management, they'll tell you that product management is something that has a start and has an end and seeing it end to end. So cooking jollof rice, for instance, is a project. Trust me, cooking jollof rice is a project. You need resources. There's a start time to start cooking. There's an end time to finish cooking. There's a result you're expecting. There's a timeline you want to put into it. You have a budget you want to use. Do you get to anything that has all of all those um, components is a project. So in the geospatial sector now, a project could range from anything from knowledge transfer to deployment of infrastructure to delivering of solutions that you probably build for a client. It could be an app. It could be a full-scale project in terms of that. Because I think it's the fuller-scale project that a lot of people refer to as projects. But projects could really be any small anything in, in itself. So I think it was my experience in the corporate events that kind of built my background in projects. And uh, last year, I went further to write a certification exam in project management. So currently, I'm Prince 2 certified practitioner. Your background is very amazing, and I really wish we could dive more deeper, but, you know, we need to talk about Geliminos. But before we talk about Geliminos, maybe we should start from what you do at Geliminos. You, you said you're the chief visionary officer. What does that mean, and what does the role entail? Because we're still a really small company, what my role entails as the chief visionary officer is ideally I'm the vision carrier, essentially. So I'm the vision carrier. I'm, I'm the one that tries to make sure that we stick to the vision or we have a vision, we have a goal, we have a focus, essentially. So I'm just one part of Geoluminous. I have a co-founder, that's um, Omawanola Akintola. She's our chief technology officer. So she handles everything technical as she's more technical than I am. So in a nutshell, I'm the vision carrier. It's important to have a vision for a company so you won't deviate on, you know, start doing what you should not be doing. So it's really interesting um, to be the chief visionary of this office. I think that's CVO, I guess. It's an acronym like that. <laughs> Sounds cool. So, um, so what was Geoluminous? How do you come about the name in the first place? Geoluminous. Hmm. That's, that's, that's a story that, <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I don't think we can finish it today, but I think in a, in a nutshell, right? Let me say that it first started off as the GIS girl when I was thinking about what to do. That was some years back. The GIS girl was, it was too small for what the vision was because it was restrictive to the feminine gender. There was a lot of things attached to it, right? So I, I started to look for something else that could kind of portray. And trust me, I tested a thousand and one names and it happened that everything is taken. And I'm like, how many geospatial companies or geospatial startups are there globally? I kid you not, Emmanuel. Like every single time I felt that I had a Eureka moment that, oh my God, this is the name. I would go to Google and check it out and I'll find something with the exact same name. It was ridiculous. Essentially, right? What you, so starting from what the vision for Geoluminous is supposed to be, right? The aim is to be able to promote geospatial creativity and accessibility within the geospatial industry, but especially even for people who are not in the geospatial industry don't realize that they even use geospatial in their day-to-day -day lives. So it was, it was for me, one thing that kept coming up over and over again was light, right? So like shining light on the industry, shining light on the sector, that kind of thing. So after I'd exhausted all the names, I think, so I went to, I took my dictionary, or it was thesaurus, I can't remember. And I started to look for um, synonyms for light, right? And then I saw illuminate, 
I saw luminar. I like I saw a, a number of different things, but then the word illuminates kept like ringing over and over. And I'm like, hmm, let me just try it out. And I'm like, oh, geo and luminous. Let me check that. And I checked it, and there was nothing. And I'm like, oh my god, there's nobody yeah. that has this thing. <laughs> finally <laughs> i'm like oh my god finally and then i yeah i ran it by my husband right at the time and um he's he's a medical doctor but then he does some graphics in the few minutes of running it by him he sends he sends me a logo like in five minutes and i'm like okay I think that was fast now like exactly so that kind of like it took some getting used to looking at the logo i started to toy around with it give them like feedback changes and everything and somehow it stuck so i'm like okay if we're going to do this let's go ahead and do it so it literally wasn't it wasn't like it was from a deep definition or something no it was it was just a case of try different things on what would stick i tried using my initials i tried using different things i also didn't want it to revolve around me right because the vision i have for geoluminous is so much bigger than myself as much as it's a passion project it's so much bigger than myself so i didn't want it to be something that revolved around me so i didn't want to have to use my name or use something that people affiliate with me yeah so they're the name that's actually a beautiful name. I, I love the name. Especially the name kind of speaks what it does, you know, illuminate. And even here in Africa. That was purely coincidental, trust me. <laughs> that was purely coincidental. All of us, most people in the GIS industry and the industry, you know, they have passion for GIS. So we've been working together as a community to, you know, sort of bring more light into the industry. Like, okay, guys, we are doing GIS. We exist. Is that the thing we can do with GIS? So seeing a company named Geoluminous, it's really amazing. Several companies have been doing different stuff to ensure that GIS is t- reception is increasing in Africa. So maybe I should ask, what, what is Geoluminous doing to you know, bring light into the GIS industry? At the moment, right, we are trying to come at it from the creative angle. So just to give a bit of background on um, the inspiration for Geoluminous, where you all started from. So before I came back into the industry in 2019, right, when I was doing all those short courses I referenced earlier, I used to note down like some silly ideas that I thought, oh, GIS can do this, GIS can do this. So I, I was writing things down like, oh, you can use GIS to track stuff that could easily get missing, things like your keys, your key holder and stuff. And thinking about it now, I'm like, if if I had brought out that idea then, maybe I'm the one that would have produced air tags that Apple is doing now. You tag the Apple, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Like I used, I used to put things like that down, like things to track kids' backpack, things to track, um, like just stuff and uh, maybe some, cause, and because I was in the event industry then, I was thinking about things around the, okay, so if you're, if you're doing events, you need some kind of like navigation map to move around. And then I started to think, oh, you need like in an airport, you need a navigation map to move around because in most of our airports in Africa, we didn't have that. But if you go to like other countries where, where you see in movies, you can find like an indoor map and you're not lost. But in most of the countries in West Africa now, it's it's not. So I was I was just putting things like that down. So I knew from the get go that whatever it is I would want to end up doing with geospatial or the technology or within the industry wasn't something that was going to be core technical in terms of analysis and stuff. It was something that was going to have a creative edge to it. So the idea behind Geoluminous is to find a way to represent the industry creatively. 
in essence. So it would range from a you would range from a variety of things. But at the moment, what we're doing is we're kind of trying to use maps to send that messaging out. So what, what kind of maps? You know, is it interactive map? Is it paper map that you print out? And in what form are the maps? Is it like making map about an airport? You know, you said. Just like you make a map, maybe an indoor mapping system. At, at the moment, we haven't gotten that far yet, right? The focus for now kind of is in using maps to create gifting products, create um, decoration products in terms of art, and then to create experiences. Because again, it's all back to the creativity, right? So currently at the moment, what we're doing is using maps to creates innovative gifting products that people use on their day-to-day. So on our website, you see things like uh, journals, framed map art, framed map prints that you could put on your wall, in your home, on in your workspace. Something that triggers a sensation when people work into your space or people see you with something, it triggers a conversation. So um, in terms of the type of maps, at the moment, What we did when we started, we reached out. So currently we don't create any, well, we create some of the maps internally, but a lot of the maps that we started with were outsourced from amazing cartographers. And we didn't restrict it to any specific type of map. We were more looking at the artsy nature of the map and less focus on the technical part of the map for when we started. So there's no restriction to the type. We had maps that had to do with road networks. We had maps that showed the rainfall in Britain. We had maps that showed rivers in Uganda. It was like a wide variety of maps. So there wasn't any specific um, limitation. You know, what, what I kind of pick from this is your creative part is really, really helping you come up with ideas and also giving some sort of inspiration on the kind of products to to release because now on the website you can see that there's a mappy store and they can see a lot of creative gifting items there which are very beautiful and amazing how do you get inspiration for this kind of products first off i would say that i don't i certainly don't come up with it alone like i mentioned i have a co-founder right one of the things i did was before i started as much as i'd had this idea in my head for the longest time right in 2020, when he first started off as the GIS girl, I, I joined the 30-day map challenge in November of 2020. But then I kind of like put a spin to it. So I didn't create the maps. What I did was I started to look out for really creative maps that other people did. And I was reposting it with the GIS girl account. As I was doing that, I was getting inspiration here and there of like, I'll see a map and I'm like, oh my God, this will look really great on X thing. Maybe it could be a notepad, it could be a calendar, it could be a wall art, it could be a cup, it could, it could be anything, even the randomest of things, right? I just started to have like inspiration like that. But then it wasn't till like 2021 that I finally put pen to paper to say, okay, Esther, you have to be organized. This is not, this is not something, because I knew from start that, like I said, it was something that was bigger than me. It wasn't something I wanted to do alone. So I put pen to paper. And I think one of the best decisions I ever made was getting a partner. That was the best decision I ever made. Omoonola is a, she's got sense, let me put it that way. First of all, knowing the decision that I needed a partner to be able to bring this thing to life because I didn't want it to be something that revolved around me. And I knew that, of course, I don't have all it takes to be able to do something like what I had in mind. I went through that process to try to think of who I wanted. And eventually when I settled on her, 
one of the first things we did was I shared my vision with her. And then we had a ton of brainstorming sessions. We put out some survey at some time to ask, like, to, I think it was a mapping gifting survey at some point in time, just like get ideas of the kind of things that people like. So we put out a survey like that just to get an idea of the kinds of things that people like if they were to be given like mappy, mappy stuff. So taking that, right, and screening it and trying to see, okay, what are the day-to-day things? And like you said, my, my creative streak will not let me do something that is basic. That's the truth. If I see something that is basic, I would always want to ask, what is the creative angle? What is that thing that you're doing that will make people take a look twice? That would make people go, wow. And we started to think of things like that. So in our brainstorming session, we came up with tons and tons of ideas. And I think the right now, as you asked, that came about because, again, we're, we're thinking of creativity and also accessibility and accessibility in terms of education. Again, because it's not just to print pretty stuff, but we also want people to learn about the industry. And we're like, hmm, OK, maybe we can do that through games and through books. And we started to think, OK, what kind of games do we want to do? And I'm like, hmm, okay, everybody knows the charade games that we play regularly at Hangout. What if we bring a geospin into it, right? Like, how would it work? And that was like a eureka moment, like, oh my God, like, how can we create something? Like, why can't we create something like that? And that's how the geosharades was born, literally. It was, it was just a number of brainstorming and trying to look for, okay, what's, what's the thing that would be different that would have its own spunk? I love the creative process that you just shared. So maybe we can talk about your co-founder. How did you guys meet? To be honest, I've never met Omawanola in person. I've never met her in person. I know. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's a huge risk, but I've never met her in person. But, um, I met her virtually, uh, I think that was two or three years ago, because we're both members of the African Women in GIS, right? I met her through the African Women in GIS, and prior to getting in touch with her last year to ask her to be my co-founder, we had done, we had collaborated on a number of projects and things together within the African Women in GIS community. So I had had some time. So I didn't start off working with her because I was looking for a partner. I think. It was when I was evaluating for partners last year and I was looking at my various options. Her name kind of kept sticking out because she had a number of the qualities that I was looking for. So I had worked with her. I had seen some of those qualities. I had seen the strengths that she had that were my own weaknesses. Top of that list was the technical aspects of GIS. Because as much as I know GIS, I do GIS stuff. I don't want to be the technical person. So I know it, but I don't want to do it. So I knew that I needed someone who was good at it and who wants to do it. And um, so among other qualities, she fit that criteria. But I've never met her in person. Oh, yeah, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> I haven't met her in person. So you, you have a very wonderful co-founder. You know, what, what I've learned from your stories, writing down to the ideas. <laughs> no, but to, to be honest, it helps because I have notes from... I'm not, I'm not even kidding you. I have notes from years ago that sometimes I run into them now and I'm like, wow, you actually wrote this. And sometimes it could. So I, I learned that when I was working in corporate events, because when we used to do brainstorming then, right, we used to have this thing where we said no idea is a silly idea, right? No idea is a silly idea. No idea is a bad idea. When you're brainstorming, just put everything down. 
because you never know how a very terrible idea would inspire you to do something else, right? Or you could try something and in trying that thing, you get the idea of something else, right? So there's like, don't toss anything away, literally. So I'm always dumping notes from my phone keep app to my phone notes app to my notepads. I have tons and tons of notepads to pieces of paper. Anyway, I'm always writing stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's really amazing. How's the reception been like? Maybe since the inception, since when you guys launched the company, has been the reception. Do you think the products are actually meeting the needs of the community? I mean, I love the fact that you guys released a survey to get the community input, industry input on gifting items. How's the reception been like? Does it help? Uh, so yes, the survey was helpful. But I, I'll say that with, with every new business or with every new thing, there's always that process for growth, right? So I'll say where we started, we started publicly. The official launch was, uh, I think, late last year, November. So we're probably just about five months. So we're still really, really, really young. And we're at that stage where we're focusing on putting things out, getting feedback, reiterating if we need to. And without even getting feedback, some things will not work, some things don't might not like it might it would seem like oh we had a different thought in our head but then executing it meant a different ball game entirely so we need to change the focus change and pivot so we're in that stage but i'll say that the feedback and the engagement has been good on some of the products that we've put out at least we've, we've made a few sales not as much as we would like but it's still that stage of process and waiting and consistency that's that's one thing we're learning very much so we've had a few sales we're in our growing stage, so we're reiterating stuff, changing, growing, learning what works for us, learning what works for the consumers as well, and also learning closer who are exactly our consumers are, what kind of rubs off a good way with other people. But I'll say that um, it's received some good validation, though, because one of the things that we've also done is Outside of the consumer, we've also tried to or we've also tried to speak to a few thought leaders, both within the industry and outside the industry, where we like we bounce idea ideas off of them, get their thoughts and stuff like that. And it's received some really good validation. So we are very certain that we have a good vision going on for us. A part that we've not even we've we've probably not mentioned, which is also a significant part of Geoluminous, because yes, Geoluminous is the product and the mappy stuff. It also has to do with the nonprofits that's in there, which is the GIS girl. And I think that's a part that a lot of people are, are very drawn towards because, of course, everybody likes social good. So a lot of people are also drawn towards that aspect as well. Particularly love the name, the GIS girl. How did you come about that name? That was actually what I first started with. But like I mentioned, it didn't capture the whole vision that, that I had. It was just one part of it. So I think it was just the GIS girl. There was no, there was, I don't, that one was less fun. It was less fun to choose. It just, it just stuck. It just stuck. It was the GIS girl. And uh, when the name kind of didn't capture everything, we decided to use it for just the nonprofits because that's something that's focused on women solely, girls and women. And it seemed to have a nice ring to it. You know, when you were talking about how you met Omawanola, you said you met her via Africa Women in Giants or something. Okay, you know, there's something I just picked from that, and that is the impact of 
community development, you know, communities, organizations, and it's it's really helpful and beneficial to to the industry in general. And also, you mentioned about the thirty days map challenge. You know, just for context, for the sake of those that don't know what it is, maybe you want to talk about it. The thirty days map challenge. Where did you? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I brought it for the first time and. It's a Twitter challenge that a lot of the people in the geospatial and GIS and remote sensing and mapping community do every year. I think it's um, it was founded or it was started by um, Topi. I can't remember his last name. Topi Ju. I, I don't want to murder the name, but Topi, I think. So I think he started it a couple of years ago and it kind of had um, a nice ring to it where it caught on really nicely, I mean. It's a 30-day map challenge where for each day in the month of November, a theme is given on what type of map to create. So it could range from a point map, a polygon map, a line map, a red map, a blue map, a, poly- a hexagon map, a null map. So like the themes change yearly. During the time I was testing out what I thought I wanted to do with the GIS girl, I thought it was a fun boss to get on. And I, I played around with it, but I think it's an amazing, and I was, I was particularly blown away by the number of people who participated last year. And I think some of the maps that we used to start Geoluminous on our product, we actually got a few of them off of the participants of the 30-day map challenge last year. That's how we reached out to some people. I think it's really great for, because, um, so I've seen different types of people do it, right? And I've seen what they thought they were, they were trying to achieve when they started it. So there's been someone who is trying to do it to be accountable for, to make them create maps, right? And there's been people who they don't know how to create maps, but they feel like the challenge will help them get better at map making. And that has happened because what the challenge does is it keeps you accountable because you're consistent. You have to do, you have to publish a map a day. So it's either it's maps you've done in the past or you're putting yourself on a target that you want to create this thing. So it helps with people's creativity. So I personally haven't joined in on the challenge to create my own maps. But when I when I was active on it in 2020, when I was reposting for the GIS Girl, I saw a lot of people turn out really, really good maps. And then last year, when we went back to it again to say, okay, let's screen the people who are releasing here to see if we'll see any creative maps that we like and would like to buy. There are really good maps there as well. One of the fundamental usage of map needs to communicate something. So creating maps is one of the ways to communicate your thoughts, you know, present data in a way that is relatable to decision makers or even the uh, end users or whoever you're creating the maps for. That's kind of what Juliminus is trying to do, making maps relatable. For me, that's that's actually one of the major reasons I particularly like maps. So, well, I have I have an art background because my dad is a visual artist and I grew up in a house full of paintings and different things. So to me, I see maps as art, right? Because for one, they are beautiful, right? Regardless of the type of map or the kind of colors, maps are beautiful, maps are art. That's one thing. But then secondly, just like you said, they carry a messaging, right? Because... Every map is intended to carry a message. So similar to art as well, there's a message that the maker intends to be shared or to be passed across, but then it's also open to the interpretation of the viewer. So I think that maps are a very, very strong messaging medium. Why do you like maps though? Like, when did you make your first map, if I may ask? (laughs) I think my first map was actually 2013, 2014. 
that was during my cartography class. We had we had one assignment that one of our lecturers gave us then. And uh, I can't remember what it was about, but I'm very certain that if I see that map again, I would cringe. <laughs> I would cringe at how horrible it must have been. Okay, but I remember being really, really proud of it because it was the first time ever like, oh, I used a GIS software. I created a map. I, I was feeling very, very fly. But I think my my second map is the one that was very significant for me. So for my final project, it was a GIS application to bathymetric survey analysis. And um, what I did was after my entire analysis of the depth of the various epochs and, and stuff like that, I created a map to show the difference over time. And I was I was feeling like a G, like nobody can talk to me anyhow. Yeah, like I've done know, my right? project, I've used GIS <laughs> to even come and show how it looked. I, I felt like a superstar. <laughs> and that was, in, that was in 2016. So that was like my, that was the, like the first map I knew that I created and I was very, very, I was over proud. Like nobody could talk to me. No, but, but I'm sure when I even look at it now, I'm like, is this, is this the thing you're making noise about there? <laughs> but I felt like, I felt like a superstar, like nobody can tell me anything. <laughs> I think that, that is, that's how we grow anyways. There's always the starting point and then over time become uh, a, a pro. And then we look back and we smile. <laughs> how do you grow your cartography skills though? Do you read books? Uh, so I don't read a lot of books. It's mostly courses. I do short courses. I take inspiration from other people. So if somebody posts a nice map that I like and they tell a story of how they went about it, I enjoy reading stuff like that, but I don't, I don't go the academic route of <clears throat> going to pick up a proper, proper cartography book and stuff. I mostly do courses. So either online on Coursera or from the massive online courses and then I think um, at the time I did one QGIS course sometime from one university of something, something. There was an Indian university, I can't remember. It was like for like 30 days or something. So I, I do courses just to kind of like brush up my skills and learn more. So that as much as even though I'm not technical, I'm still not still. <laughs> That's important. This is kind of a trivial question though. What course are you currently reading or currently taking? I'm planning to write ArcGIS Pro Foundation certification next week, which is like at the end of this month. So I'm doing a lot of courses to get me ready for that. So <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's, that's the course I'm doing at the moment. Back to Geoluminos. What's, what's the future plan for Geoluminos? I, I see you as Geoluminos anyways, because um, to, be to be very honest, <laughs> you guys are inseparable, right? Because you have an amazing background. Geoluminous is in the hands of giants, you know, yourself and Omo Wonderland. Like it has an amazing future. So, but yeah, let's talk about the plans um, for Geoluminous. What's the future plan for Geoluminous? We have a few things in the bucket. For this year, some of the things that we're looking at is, um, let me start with the GIS girl. The GIS girl arm of Geoluminous is focused on empowering and educating women. So... The first thing we want to do is we want to launch a distance learning academy for girls. So the idea is that it'll take a collection of girls, successful applicants, through a period of time, say six months, six to nine months, right? And take them through GIS and geospatial skills, as well as business skills that he could use to work in the industry. It's focused on undergraduates and early career professionals. So in itself, it's like a, think of it like a one-year 
undergrad or maybe postgraduate course. It will be distance learning because, of course, with the pandemic, a lot of things have, we've learned a lot of things and also to be able to access um, and meet the needs of more people. So um, at the end of this year, we hope to launch that distance learning academy that's for the GIS girl. And it's going to be completely free. That's why it's under the GIS girl. So it's completely free. It's not. So which is where the Geoluminous comes back again, because a lot of the proceeds that would come from the sales of Geoluminous products would go into the GIS girl. A large percentage of the proceeds would go into the GIS girl because the GIS girl is something that is really, really dear to myself and Omawonola's hearts because we have similar stories in terms of how we got into geospatial, right? Being women. So of course, we've, we've gone a long way from where we are now. But even now, there are still less women in the geospatial industry. And we, we, um, the GIS Girl ran a survey earlier this year where they asked a number of women how they got into GIS and how they found GIS as a hashtag on Twitter. How did you find GIS? And the stories were very similar. They found it in their undergraduates. They found it in their postgraduates. Some got into it accidentally. So we kind of want to use the GIS to correct that. So there'll be sensitization and awareness for high school children to let them know that a career like this or an industry like this exists. And then there will be more focused and attentive coaching in the distance learning academy to get people, to get women and girls prepared to enter the industry. So that's, that's a huge part of what we plan to do with the GRS goal. Spinning off of that, we also anticipate, we're writing a children's book. It's called Lola Learns About Maps. So we're anticipating the publication of that book sometime later this year by Q3 in the third quarter of the year. Uh, so that's that. Then uh, for Geoluminous, I'm sure you'll probably laugh when I say this now, but um, we plan to, so these are, these are all like hopefully six months planned before the end of the year while we're working on the bigger things but, um, we're anticipating. But um, at the end of this year, we plan to start, if not have launched, right? But we plan to build a niche marketplace for everybody who makes MAPI products. So for people who are currently making, making MAPI products and maybe selling on Etsy or selling on Amazon or people who want to make MAPI products and don't know what, where to sell, we plan to have the Geoluminous MAPI store, right? To not only have our products, but to have products from every other person who makes MAPI products. So to give them a platform where they can sell and provide them with an audience, with a niche audience, that is looking for the kind of stuff that we're pushing out because it's not just for us. There are other people who do stuff. So we plan to launch um, a niche marketplace for that. Then finally, we want to host a virtual map exhibition where creative cartographers will come and showcase their work. And maybe hopefully if we get the right sponsors, people will get to buy their work when it's auctioned. But it will be more emphasis on the creative side of your work than the technical bit. So nobody is looking for your skill and your North Aru and your legend and stuff like that. But yeah, it will be open to whatever anybody wants to do, right? But we plan to do a virtual map um, exhibition at the end of the year. But the maps still have North Arrows? A lot, a lot of maps don't. I just, I just put that just for the gist of it. A lot, I'm sure a lot of maps don't these days. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you know, maps are more creative and beautiful now so even if it does have not arrows you won't really notice it yeah because sometimes it's, it's usually not in the same archaic method of the arrow pointing up it's probably used objects or something to represent it this is an amazing future plans and initiative can't wait to see it um in reality yeah and... i can't wait to 
fingers crossed, we're able to surmount all the challenges that come because I'm very sure that they will come. Okay, so what do you think of the geospatial, like the future of geospatial in Africa? For geospatial in Africa, I think we're just getting started, right? So it's, you know, you know, you know the way the Big Bang is being referenced in science. I think we're yet to have the Big Bang. Yeah, I, I, I think we're yet to have the Big Bang for geospatial in Africa. We're just getting started because in the short time that I've been actively involved in the industry, I've seen a lot more growth than it's ever been before I, I actually started paying attention, right? I've seen a lot more growth in Africa than it's ever been. There's, there's more curiosity. And I think with, with, the, with the rise of social media and of course the pandemic that also hit us two years ago, I think that forced the world to open up more digitally. And with that opening up, it gave people a lot more access to things that they typically wouldn't have because a lot of people in Africa started to relate with people that were in other countries because there was no longer that country barrier because everybody was now doing stuff digitally. People were learning courses, people were relating with people, people were speaking with people that they ideally wouldn't have gotten the chance to speak to pre the pandemic. So I think that we can only leverage on that growth a lot more than it is now. So there, there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more to come. The curiosity is, is not even at its peak yet, it's, but it's continuously rising. But I also think that, and this is a personal thought, don't quote me because I've gotten attacked for saying this in some certain rooms before. We should stop looking at geospatial as just one thing as, oh, the geospatial industry, because geospatial in itself is everything. It's used in everything, literally. There's nothing that you can do that doesn't have a geographic component to it. So I think rather than, rather than hoard it as it's our industry, it's, it's us, like it's we, let's keep it, let's protect it, let's save it, let's show it out. It's more, we should, we should open up and release it. Right, that's how I think about it. Like she eliminated it, it. And, yeah, <laughs> <but> nice one. <laughs> right, nice one. Okay, well, if if I if I would borrow that word, but yes, we should eliminate it to people that don't even understand because there are tons of people that use GIS and use geospatial, not even just because I know that geospatial is a lot broader than GIS itself. So there are a lot of people that use geospatial but don't even know that they use geospatial. Right. And I think those are the people that we should be speaking to rather than protect the industry as, yes, it's a niche industry, but I think we would go further if we open it up more rather than contain it within the people who understand it and then trying to get, because there are a lot of people who would enjoy it, but don't necessarily have to be in it or work in it. I think it, it's growing compared to the Western, the Western parts of the world, especially in Africa, would grow. We, we need to bring, in quotes, GIs or, you know, geospatial to people, like people, like the common man on the yeah, street. Exactly, exactly. Because they already use it. But because we, we technicalize it so much, it becomes a thing they can't reach. Even add a conversation with... One of my bosses before, and he told me that there's nothing like the GIS industry. He has a lot of experience that my, that, than I do, so there are things he has seen that made him say that. So, but yeah, like you said, the GIS industry is still grow is growing. The, the seed is germinating in Africa. 
Now I said, I was saying that, yes, I agree with him that geospatial is a skill. It, it is an industry because, of course, we're in, the, we're, we're in the industries to study. So it's it can't be refused, but I don't think it's a closed industry. Even if it's closed, we should, you know, do better in opening it up so we can get more people. We can lower the barrier to entry and people can fill it. Because I, I notice we are mostly ourselves, we are the ones filling the industry. You know, when you build a product, you're building it for people in the GIS industry. When you do something, you're doing it for people in the GIS industry. Meanwhile, people on the common streets, they don't know that GIS exists, but or they, they might not know that GIS exists, or they, but they use it here. They don't know that GIS is GIS or that geospatial is geospatial, but they use it. But they use it. So we need to let them know, okay, yeah, this is what you've been using so far. The Google Maps on your mobile phones powered by GIS, so we need to let them feel it. I think uh, there's an exciting future ahead for GIS in uh, Africa. Finally, Esther, I mean, let's say I'm interested in you know getting Geoluminous products. Where can I visit to, you know, view this amazing product that you have for sales? You know, the Geo Charad, the Geo Calendar, the Geo Games, and those other amazing products. Well, we have a store on our website, so that's uh, www.geoluminous, that's G-E-O-L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot co dot U-K slash shop, S-H-O-P. We're on Instagram and Twitter, so if you send a message, I'm sure someone will definitely get back. All right, so if you're an amazing cartographer or if you uh, a cartography enthusiast, but like I think there also be like plans to also maybe via the academy as well. You can also reach out, so you don't have to be like a cartographic guru. You can also reach out to Geoluminous as well, or at least you know subscribe maybe to their mailing list. Is there a mailing list on the website? Yes, there is actually. There's a mailing list on the website. Aside Geoluminous, which is you, anyways, where can we reach you to connect with you, like yourself, Esther? Oh, case, myself. You know, have questions <laughs> and I don't want to pass my, you know, where can we reach you or something? I'm on LinkedIn. If you search for Esther Onyekachi Obu, that's E-S-T-H-E-R-O-N-Y-E-K-A-C-H-I and O-G-B-U, you'll find me on LinkedIn. I think if you use the same name to search on Twitter and Instagram, you should find me as well. Or if you want to send an email, esther at juluminos.co.uk is fine as well. Esther, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It was really nice to have you on the podcast and it's really awesome to learn about your background. You, you indeed have an amazing story. Uh, I see Geluminous in the hands of giants, you know, yourself and Amor and I wish you guys an amazing future ahead. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. And thank you to Africa Jukonbo for having me. <laughs> I had an exciting time. Thank you. And that's it for the interview with Esther. Thank you so much for listening. Esther talked about a lot of key points. I learned a lot during the course of the interview, and I believe you did as well. So, you know, firstly, she talked about finding the right partner, um, which which was as a result of the benefits of being in a community. Because I think she mentioned that she met Omonola from Bay Africa Women GIS. You know, so that's like a benefit of being in a community. So, you know, and also jotting of ideas down. When you have an idea, just jot it down. You never can tell when it's going to be helpful in the future. And, you know, the vision of Geoluminous, which is to also make geospatial accessible and illuminate geospatial for the rest of us, uh, it's, it's also an amazing vision. And um, also participating in challenges like the 30 Days Map Challenge, knowing what your interests are and, you know, having a vision and, and lots more. 
and it's it's really inspiring to see two women coming together to form a, a company in the geospatial industry where we have um limited um representation of women led companies so it's really inspiring and, and very very amazing to see um finally we appreciate feedbacks please um feel free to reach out to us if you have a request or topic ideas or if you know anyone doing great things with um gis in africa please connect us with them you can reach us easily via twitter by sending us a dm at africa geoconvo or send us an email at africa geoconvo.com I uh, will be glad to hear from you. And please do us a favor to share this podcast with your networks and uh, someone that you know would benefit from the inspiring story of Esther and Amoanola and what they are building. You never can tell maybe there's the episode that is going to inspire the person to also start their own you know, company, you know, to start writing down ideas and start building um, the ideas. So please do us a favor to share this podcast with your, with your networks. Thank you and see you next month. Bye.